Hello. You have homed in on the Bearded Beacon. I'm Seal. And I'm Chris. And this week's episode is all about making your own comic books. And with that, we're going to jump right into our interview with Justin Corbett and George Tripsis of Grey Bear Comics. And now, y'all, we are joined by two very special guests, Justin Corbett and George Tripsis from Grey Bear Comics. Welcome back, guys. Hey, what's hey, going on, man? Yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's great to have you. And finally, I have you guys on the show with my co-host, Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. So, it's actually me. I'm, I'm Chris. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not me doing a funny voice and, you know, from like, an, you know, another room or something. So it really is. It really is the both of us hosting this time. So what we wanted to talk about today is it's a we're doing a we'll call this a special episode on comics, specifically comic book creation and the process of actually getting the book out there. Because uh, Justin and, and George, you and I have talked before about you know kind of the inspiration and and the the genesis of of y'all's story, y'all's in particular, speak no evil, and just kind of what got you inspired. But what I want to get into today, since we have Chris here and he is a creator as well, the process of how to get this done so some you know some kid some young person has this idea and maybe even a fully fleshed out story but they just don't know what to do with it they don't know how to get it out there they don't understand the mechanics of it and perhaps this conversation can serve as not a warning but a sort of count your cost you know understand (laughs) what it takes the work that it takes to do this so i'd like to get into that and with that chris i want you to kind of lead us through this and and uh, with a little bit of what you've got going on, and and Justin and George just kind of play off each other and see see where we go with this. Because I'm interested to see this get this firsthand knowledge of well, what do I do? I want to make this comic. What what am I going to have to sacrifice to make this happen? Sure, just just your soul. Yeah, oh, is that all? Okay, okay. <laughs> You're not Blood, using it anyway. Tears, so. maybe uh, you know, some couple limbs here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just get, like like for me, I went to graduate school and like uh, went the like traditional art route and then i'm like okay i don't really want to do this and i want to i want to tell stories and i want to draw pictures instead of making great big ceramic sculptures and whatnot so i'm I'm sacrificing all of that but that's okay um i'm doing what i like and that's that's what's important right yeah and that's what that's that comes right down to it it has to be something that you really want to do (laughs) you can't just kind of dive in half-assed or you will have an half-assed product of course you know yeah so so, uh, so would you say like um it, kind of an example i gave you know if someone having a fully fleshed out story you want to be closer to that end of the spectrum before you really start in on it in earnest well that's what we did uh justin and i because uh, uh, i'm pretty sure we said this before uh, last podcast but originally this was a movie idea i had and uh i just kind of shelled it because i had no way of producing it or making it happen and then I was telling uh, Justin about it, and he just convinced me to make it into a comic. And then we just sat together and fully fleshed out the story, revamped the story. Uh, it's completely changed what it was, and uh, we added a whole bunch of characters and a whole new storyline. And, and we really, <laughs> yeah, a lot of subplots. And then uh, before we even got started, we knew where we wanted to go, and I think that's very important in any any story you want to tell. Yeah, you got to have a beginning and a middle and an end. You don't necessarily have to have the entire thing written before you begin this process, but you have to know where you're going. Exactly. And like, but it, going back to like, it has to be something that you want to do. I mean, like, let's say you got an inker out there that doesn't know, he doesn't have a story or whatever, but he has to be out there drawing and he has to be doing sequ- sequential art of some sort if he wants, has an interest in comics or 
uh, because if he's not doing sequential art, he's not going to find somebody to do sequential art with. And same with colorists and, and writers in general. I mean, you need to just be out there doing it and getting it some sort of exposure so that like maybe you are lucky enough to have like a buddy that, that can draw the stuff that you're writing or, or vice versa. I think for artists and colorists and people like that, it's important just to practice all the time and to have a portfolio showing what you can do and have it up on DeviantArt, have it up on Behance or whatever different site. That's how we found a lot of our artists too. (laughs) And there's all these different forums that'll connect you with people that are trying to make comics. I mean, um, there's four or five different places you can go. Like, uh, uh, pencil Jack is one, uh, digital ink is one. Um, I can't think of the others right now, but there's, there's several that you can go to where you can connect with other artists or other colorists or even the writers. If you're an artist yourself and you want to find somebody to work with and people are pretty upfront about what they're able to pay, uh, whether they want to do it for free, whether they want to collaborate and write it with you, et cetera. And, uh, you know, that's how we found our artist was by, by going on one of those sites and we put out an ad saying what we were looking for. We had about 180 people respond to the ad. Uh, we combed through everybody's portfolio narrowed it down to three. And then, um, Actually, the very last person that submitted was the guy that we ended up choosing. So. Yeah, I fell, I fell in love with his art right away, and I knew he was the one. But we already asked two other people, so we had to like go through and just kind of give him a fair shake. Yeah. And uh, this is the same thing we did with our colorists. We had a little bit less. We had like maybe 60 or 70 people respond uh, for color work. But we narrowed it down to three or four and had them do sample pages based on Samir's art and then showed them to him and, and took his input on who he thought best complimented him and we all agreed on who it was, and then we hired that person to be our colorist. And then as far as the letterer, we were a little bit fortunate because I already knew a guy who did lettering, and I liked his stuff. I really liked his sound effects, and he gave us a good price. So it's kind of a no-brainer to go with him. But uh, I'm sure you can do lettering the same way. <laughs> like, There's tons and tons of resources out there to connect you with other people that want to make comics. I mean, there's Facebook groups. There's Twitter hashtags. Like, there's Reddit. There's Reddit, absolutely. Yeah, Reddit was the the place where we found all the links to the – uh, forums that'll connect you with people because ah. people on reddit tend to want to collaborate but they also don't tend to want to spend money um <laughs> so like you you can work on reddit with people but you're probably going to be working on an inferior product um the bottom line is if you want to make a quality comic and you're going to have to work with collaborators if you're the writer you're going to have to pay people and if you're the artist you should be getting paid i mean it's just the way it goes like exposure's fine and you'll, you'll see this come up a lot in conversations with artists um, they get frustrated because a lot of writers want them to work for exposure. And, you know, it's not like Marvel saying, hey, come work for us for exposure because that would, that would never happen in the first place. But if somebody that big was reaching out and, and wanting that, maybe it might be worth it. But if Joe Schmo saying that to him, what, what kind of exposure did that really get him? You know, <laughs> right, there's, there's, right. there's no guarantee Expo- that exposure whatever, doesn't put food on the table. <laughs> right, exactly. There's no, exactly. no guarantee that what they're working on is ever going to be anything. You know, right. it could just be right. a pro- project that falls by the wayside and nobody ever sees. And what good does that do? You just wasted a bunch of time working on it. So if you're a writer, you have to have the funds to pay your people. Hello. If you're an artist, you deserve to get paid. You still there, George? Hello. Did we lose somebody? Did oh, lose everybody him? there? Yeah, I'm here. Did we lose George? I'm here. George? I'm... He's blinking. I think we lost George. It's a damn centipedes again. <laughs> yeah, we lost him. He'll, oh. he'll call back in. <laughs> Oops. La, but anyways, la, 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 I think la. I think I said uh, I think I said what I needed to. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you got you got the whole thought out, so that's good. Where are you located, Justin? Hello. Hey, you back? Hey. hey. All right. Sorry about that. My Skype crashed. That's okay. It happens. Damn, damn Skype. Is Justin still there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, so it was just me that just dropped out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sorry. set your beer on the computer again, and it 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Sad eye. <clears throat> so I think Sorry, the, I, I have no idea where y'all left off at. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was it was right where it was the it was basically the point of artists should get paid for what they're doing. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. very true. Everyone should get paid for what they do. At least try to I at least try to pay them, even if it's not a lot. At least just try to pay them something. But be upfront. Don't don't agree to prices that you can't afford. Um, you know, like our artist typically uh, charges a little bit more than he does for us, but he likes working with us. So uh, he was willing to take a discounted rate, honestly, to work on what we do. So and that can make a huge difference too. working with people that you like to work with. Uh, just in general, that's that's a huge bonus right there. It is. Yeah, I was, I was gonna. I was gonna ask how much of it is. Um, how much of it is personality, and like in in picking the folks you're gonna work with, how much of it is their their portfolio and the quality of their work, and you know their their uh, timeliness and all that. How much is how much is how much of it is that, and how much of it is personality and fit, and just kind of you sort of groove with this person. Well, in, in an ideal world, you're gonna know the people you're working with. I mean, it would be great to just work in Houston and know artists in Houston that you know, can do the type of art that we want to see in our comic and, you know, that I can just call them up or go over to their house and hang out and we can just work together and collaborate that way. It's a little bit different because Samir lives in Brazil. And <laughs> our colorist wow. lives in China. Our colorist wow. lives in China. Wow. Like we, we have a language barrier there. It's not a hundred percent, you know, they, they both speak fairly, fairly good English for where they live. Um, but there are occasionally times where they don't quite understand what we're saying and we have to explain things in certain ways. And but they, but they both have great personalities and they both are very easy to work with. And um, anytime there's a problem or they're concerned about anything, they're very upfront and they ask us things before just going ahead and doing it. Um, like, for example, there's a scene in issue three of the book that we have on Kickstarter right now. And there's a scene where this car is driving down the road and there's a whole bunch of uh, gunmen that are standing in front of the car and they start shooting at it at the same time. Um, Samir had this idea to give them masks. And George and I hadn't written masks into the story at all. Uh, so we were, we were like, okay, well that could kind of be cool. What, what were you thinking? And he said that he wanted to give them masks sort of like the spirit war. And if you know comics, you know, the spirit. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we said, well, that might look a little weird because the time period and everything else. But, uh, you know, if you want to try it, go ahead and we'll see how it looks. So when he first said masks, the idea that popped into George and I's head was like train robber mask, you know, the bandana wrapped around the lower half of the face instead yeah, of that's the, what I thought of. I thought that would look a little like. It's exactly what we end up going with at the end. Yeah, so he, he did the first version, and it didn't look bad, but it didn't look exactly how we envisioned it. So we asked him to try it the other way as well. And, like, this is the first time ever in three issues that we've had him go back and, like, draw something and then completely change it and then possibly change it again. Because normally, like, we're fine with what he comes up with because it's a collaboration. You have to let your artists have artistic freedom to interpret what you've written. Um, there are a couple things that don't, work story-wise that he's done that he's had to go back and change like he forgot to add a staircase one time that was super important to the way the the action he also flowed. he also didn't know what a like giving someone the finger meant we had to like <laughs> give him descriptions for that gotcha yeah so we, we've had to explain certain things to him but this is the first time the masks in particular that we've had to take the risk that he might have to spend a lot of time on this and draw it and then change it and then change it again uh, to get to a point where we were happy but he ended up going with the bandana train robber style mask and they actually look really badass. So that was the way we went with it. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. So That's awesome. We only had to make one change. That's awesome. So Chris, what's it, what's your experience kind of like? Cause I, this is one of the things I wanted to get y'all talking about was Justin and George seemed in, in from my point of view, seem to be doing this more of a traditional route where it is a collaboration where they've, they're writing, they've got somebody drawing, they've got somebody, you know, coloring, they've got somebody lettering. You're kind of doing everything, aren't you? 
Yeah, that's that's my typical <laughs> typical way of doing things the hard way. So uh, how do you pay I, your artists? Uh, <laughs> uh, I allow myself to eat three times a day, and that's about it. So, and I give myself breaks from watching my children, but those breaks are usually when I'm working on the book. So you know, that's gotcha. just the way it goes. And yeah, I am all, I am doing it solo, and it is possible to do it solo and. It just like, takes a lot longer because you have to do all the work yourself. Yeah, I'm like, lucky to get three pages a week. That's another thing to consider is that doing it with a team, you have different people working at different stages all the time. So you yeah. can you can actually, if you have the money to pay them, you can actually get it done much, much quicker with a team. That's exactly. how we've knocked out two issues in one year. Yeah, and I'm hoping to, like, well, I'm hoping to continue my three pages a week and then but I'm going the web route to start off with and then uh, then I'm going to branch into a Patreon. And then hopefully with the Patreon pay for uh, pay for trades as I get to that point in the story. Um, so that's the route that I'm taking. And it sounds like it's different than what you guys are doing. You guys you guys got a big team and you're working on uh, Kickstarter instead. Uh, and yeah, I think that's I think they're both totally, totally right. I mean, yeah, that's, there's that's the way to do it. They're just different styles of, of, of ways to do it. I mean, I, I, you're you're. Your method actually works really well for somebody that does it all by themselves because it's all self-contained and you know you're going to be putting out new content on a regular basis because you control that. Right. Whereas with us, it's more about like getting the final product and then showing it to people because there's all these different stages. It, having the multiple people working on it is actually negative if we tried to go the same route you're going uh, right. versus releasing it all at once. So, yeah, I mean, if you're capable of doing everything, you know, Patreon is actually really, really a good source for you. Yeah. And I am a stay-at-home dad now, so uh, I'm a kept man, and uh, that's <laughs> the way it works. <laughs> so that's your secret. Yes, that's that's my secret. Get a wonderful now, life. That'll... Now we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's um, a good point. Too. That's a good point too, Chris. You, you you've made without probably even knowing it. The talk about the importance of having a support group around you. I mean, just just folks that are behind you or folks that you know. We have some of the, that kind of thing. we uh, we have some of the best supporters and best family and friends that helped us get to this point. And uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. Even everyone who pledged to us on Kickstarter and come to out to the shows and come to our signings and our comic book store sign meetups and stuff like that. It's without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, that's definitely true. Anybody that's ever supported us in any way, even liking and sharing our posts, you know, coming and seeing us at conventions, coming to our store signings. I mean, every single bit of that just inspires us and keeps us driven and keeps us working on this. And, you know, the financial aspect is, is really what allows us to be able to continue doing it. So, yeah, big thanks to everybody. Uh, one one really cool thing was is, uh, when we were doing a comic book sighting, uh, signing for our Kickstarter launch, a kid just happened to see our issue one the day before and he bought it. And then he came back the next day to get issue two to meet us. And he was really super nervous to talk to us. And that was super cool. Yeah, it was it was a cool feeling because he was just so like he thought we were big shots or something. And he was very <laughs> nervous and shaky talking to us. And we're just regular people. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. our book's a, a small indie book. It hasn't gone national or anything. So, I mean, we're we're nobodies <laughs> as far as. <laughs> but to that kid, we were somebody's and it was kind of cool. That's neat. I dig it. I remember going I got to see all at a I got to go talk to you at a, at a book signing one time out at out at where was it? Uh, pop culture. Yeah, pop culture. And I was like, I know oh, yeah, these guys. Awesome. I'm like, yeah, these are my boys. I know them. <laughs> it's then, always good you, to see a seal. Oh yeah, buddy. Hey, are y'all doing um 
speaking of appearances and going places and signings, uh, con season's kind of coming up on us. Y'all got uh, some appearances or anything, signings lined up that, that you're going to do or you want to do? We're going to be at AggieCon this weekend. Yeah, that's oh, our very sweet. first con of the year. Yep. And then, of course, Comic Palooza because, you know, it's our home con. Um, we're going to try to do Staple if we can make that work. Uh, if by some miracle we can scrape the funds together, we're going to try to do C2E2. It's not looking very likely, but it's a, it's on our radar. It's a, it's a hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hope. Um, I think it depends if uh, George can get a new job and if I can <laughs> sell a bunch of stuff on eBay. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, man, I miss that life. Yeah. Being able to get out and do that stuff. So I just yeah. I, I have a lot of small cons like we're up here and um, I'm in the Midwest, Nebraska. So like it's a different different feel, definitely. And I've been to Comic Palooza and just the size is just massive. And even the bigger ones up here are even like a third maybe of Comic Palooza. Yeah, but, so, with the fan, but the fan base of that, like the people who are there really want to be there, right? Exactly. I mean, it's like a really, really friendly situation. So it's it's awesome. And, and just building that network of like other artists, it's mm-hmm. super easy because it is such a small condensed group and you get to know people and it grows from there, which is something that somebody starting out needs to know. They need to be really friendly to everybody around you. Don't let them take advantage of you, but just be really friendly to everybody and then you will... You'll, you'll succeed, but you'll learn about different cons that you didn't know about. You'll learn about, like, different ways to do things. Like like you were telling, just talking about where to find uh, uh, artists and writers and all that. I, I had no idea about that, but I wasn't looking for that, but somebody out there is. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you, you make a really good point about making connections and building a network, because no matter what avenue you're trying to take with putting your book out or telling a story like this, you need other people to share it and to tell people about it and to get excited about it. And every artist wants to support other artists because they're going through the same thing and they hope that you'll do the same for them when it's their turn to put out their product. So um, they have their own network. They have their own family and friends. They have their own people they know. So you got to be nice to people. You got to try to connect with other people that are also creative types. And then you just sort of feed off of each other's audiences. That's the best way to get your stuff out there. Yeah. The first time I, uh, I, I, did a book was about seven years ago or five years ago. And it was, it was like a issue zero of this, of the series that I'm starting now over again. And, uh, it's just like laid out the groundwork and there was these, uh, a couple of young kids came up to my uh, table for first thing in this con. And I was like, really like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And everything. And I talked to them and I was standing up and I shook their hands and everything. And then they were really impressed with everything on the table and everything. And I was like, okay, here. And I just gave them two free sketches right then. And then they disappeared. And then the next thing I know, I hear them talking, like talking to people. Hey, this guy's really cool over here. Go check out his table. Hey, go check out his table. Go look over this stuff. You got to buy something from him. And I ended up selling like, I don't know, two thirds of whatever I had there just because they were out there pimping me. And I was like, oh, okay. I got to remember to be really nice to the people helping me out too. So. It's, we had something we had something similar to that happen at Amazing Con. You remember George? Oh, I do remember that kid who like went to our table and they forgot to come back and and when he's he like, saw us leaving, he was I like, forgot no. to buy Speak No Evil. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like screaming about it and his parents were just like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. We'll we'll go back there." And then uh yeah, they drew like a whole huge crowd to the table and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so awesome. 
and a little acts of kindness like it doesn't hurt like you know some people some kids can't always afford to book and like you can always give them a free print or give them a book and a free print or something like that and, and uh small stuff like that from time to time goes a long way definitely we're not saying give all your stuff away for free no because no, no. said... you need to make money but <laughs> yeah. you know Sometimes you, it helps to, to give stuff away every now and again. You know, if you, yep. you have that print at the bottom of the box that's, like, scuffed on the back and the kid can't afford it, but he really loves it, you know, what's it going to hurt you to give that away? Because you're not going to sell it anyways, right? Right. right? right. Exactly. So going back to, or actually staying on the subject of selling, but going back to Kickstarter, um, y'all have or just had a Kickstarter 3 just start, correct? Yeah, just launched give us, uh, on the 18th. Cool. Give us a lowdown on that. Uh, well, if you read issue one and two, the story is basically the the two brothers in the 1930s. They find a cabin in the woods that used to be used by Lovecraft and Tesla for weird experiments. And the boys find the cabin, start playing with the equipment inside, and open a portal to another dimension, letting a whole bunch of monsters through. Uh, in issue one, we saw the boys find the cabin, and we met Nix and Louie, who are the, the mobsters that they stole the truck from. In issue two, Nix and Louie catch up to them, and the portal reopens, and our first major demon, Athamon, shows up. And just wreaks havoc and, and basically takes out the entire Murphy gang, uh, with the exception of Nix. Issue three um, kind of starts out with like a dream sequence that's kind of like a flashback sequence. And it's the story of Nix and Louie rising to power inside of that gang. Because one of the things we, we really wanted to tackle, I mean, we're not pulling any punches with our series. Um, we're taking risks. We're being bold. And I think that's coming through a lot because we have a, a prominent gypsy female character in our in our book. Um, Nixon Louie are two black guys that are the leaders of a white gang in the 1920s, um, <laughs> 30s. Th- 30s, I'm sorry. Uh, and we show their rise to power in issue three, which um, I think it's pretty interesting to see how that happens. And it's really relevant to uh, what's going on with the boys. Like it parallels that quite a bit. Uh, so we've also got, you know, continuation of the fight with Athamon. We're not going to forget that because some crazy stuff happens. Um, <laughs> if, if yes, you- it does. <laughs> In issue two, some crazy stuff happens. In issue three, some even crazier stuff happens. And I actually think the things that happen in issue three might be slightly funnier than the things that happen in issue two. Um, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. View. It depends on your point of view of funny. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. But if you liked issue two, you'll love issue three. Yeah, I and thought two liked, was pretty funny. If you liked issue one, you'll love issue two. So uh, it's just kind of a progression. We're really proud of, of all the books we've done. Uh, but the Kickstarter... It launched on the 18th. We have a lot of good rewards. We have uh, poster prints. We have some variant covers. We, they were done by Mark Nasso, who's a local artist who writes the book called Land of the Rats. Um, we have another one done by Chris Ryder, who used to do the Horse Minions comic on my sh- my former show, Comical Podcast. Um, and he also did our most popular variant cover we've had yet, which was the cabin that we offered in issue one's Kickstarter. Uh, then we also have something unique that we're doing for the issue three Kickstarter in that we are re-releasing issue one as a director's cut. We have a, complete, we have a completely new cover for it. Um, and it's the same story. It's the same artwork. We didn't mess with anything that we, we liked, which was all Samir's art. Uh, what we did is we went back and we added some dialogue. We added a couple of jokes. Uh, we tweaked a few things and we added some captions to kind of add a little bit of uh, more depth to the, more, beginning, um, to the, the beginning of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm really, really happy with the way it's turned out. We, like, we loved our issue one. We thought it was great, but it was honestly the first thing we ever wrote. And there were things about it that just weren't perfect that we wanted to make a little bit better. So we did. Cool. And the new cover is just beautiful. Samir is so freaking talented, and he just blew it out of the water with this one. Um, I think people are going to really like it. 
So and then also, uh, everyone who pledged to uh, our first Kickstarter for issue one, they're getting the director's cut. Uh, they're getting a digital version of the director's cut for free. Sweet. Those will be, those will be going out in the next couple of days. So anybody that wants to read the changes will be able to. Um, you know, you guys have supported us from the beginning, so we, we don't want to, like, release a new version that you guys don't get. You know, we right. got to take care of our people, too. So Super cool. <laughs> We have a lot of rewards, like I said. Um, you can get yourself drawn into the book. We actually have two levels of that. For 150, I believe, you can get yourself drawn into the book as a character, which, Seal, you actually did for issue two. Yes. Um, do you like your likeness? Did it come dude, out looking exactly it's like awesome. you? I love it. No, I love it, dude. <laughs> yeah, Samir did a Fearing good job, him with the sideways glance is like, <laughs> Dude, I cracked up when you sent me that page. I love awesome. it. Awesome. That makes me so happy. Uh, and then we have another level for $200. You can get yourself drawn into issue four um, and suffer a horrible, horrible death. Oh, <laughs> we have a we're introducing our second big monster in issue four. And uh, he's completely different from Athamon. He's not a, a possession type demon. He's something completely different. But he rips a lot of people apart and it's pretty gruesome. And if you want to die a horrible death, um, you can make that happen. So there you go. Very cool. You heard it here first, kids. So if folks want to check out the first two issues, where can they go to, to find those? Uh, right now, the best place, would, uh, if you could, just order it off of Kickstarter when you order the third one. You okay. get all, there's, a, there's a level there where you can get all three. Yeah, you actually get the director's cut version, which is going to replace the standard version. You still there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's actually a director's cut version uh, and issue two and issue three that you can get um, as one package. So it's pretty cool. Sweet. Okay. Very good. You can also, also go to our website, which is graybearcomics.com. Um, or you can go to Comixology if you want to check out issue one. There you go. And if folks want to find y'all um, on the web, social media, whatever, individually, give you a shout out, say hi, where can they find the two of you guys? We're pretty much Gray Bear Comics everywhere. And that's okay. G R A Y. Um, graybearcomics.com. On Twitter, we're at Gray Bear Comics. On Facebook, it's slash Gray Bear Comics. Um, Instagram, it's at Gray Bear Comics. It's everything Gray Bear Comics. That makes it easy. Yeah. That's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Or just Very go good. to the Kickstarter and send us a message that way after you pledge. That works too. There you go. <laughs> Even better. So what we're saying is, if you're into this kind of thing, go pledge the Kickstarter. Seriously. If it's, you, uh, it's, if it's, you're it's into a fun indie book. comics at all, or if you just like love comic books in general, uh, and our, I promise you our book is fun, and uh, we take it very seriously, and we're putting our all into it. So if anyone just kind of interested, just check it out and tell us what you think. There's a preview on it on our Kickstarter as well. Oh, yeah, if good. you like Lovecraft and you like Tesla, I mean, who's not going to like that? Uh, I think you're going to like it all together. So. Thank you. We're, Thanks, we're pretty, pretty proud of it. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah. yeah we're glad y'all could be here. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us, and we're looking forward to it. And I can't wait for issue three. You're going to yeah, get yourself drawn <laughs> in again? Dude. <laughs> You're gonna it's, die a horrible it, death. Is that supposed to be what I'm I, hearing? Okay, I want that so bad, but I got it. I got it. I've, I've got. We'll see. I got a job interview on Thursday, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Get a little. I need a little more. I need some of my disposable income back. <laughs> when I did it the first time, it was easy. I was like, oh, I got all this. I was like, I got. I'm flush with cash. I could do this. But so this 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 time, hopefully, we'll see because that sounds like a lot of fun. It will be. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be. Make sure he gets eaten by a spider. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't give it away. I don't want to give it away. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. We, don't we, we, can tell, we can tell you off the air, but we can't tell you on the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't give the surprise away. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming on. We enjoyed having you, as always, and look forward to having you on again. So take care, guys. Thank you, sir.
Thank you. Okay, thanks again to Justin and George of Grey Bear Comics. They were great guests, guys. We love having you on. We'll hope you come back again. And all y'all go out and check out their Kickstarter, um, kickstarter.com. Search Grey Bear Comics. It'll pop up. The book is Speak No Evil. It's a, it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. So go check it out. See what they've got going on. And, well, until next time, I've been Seal. I've been sitting in a small room talking on a microphone. And you take it easy and listen for the beacon.